0: you are listening to Girly Swats, a podcast that looks at issues facing women in the political spotlight. I'm your host, Hannah Woodward. So welcome to the first episode of Girly Swats with your host Hannah Woodward. I'm joined today by Sevda Moissari, my co-host of Envirocast, (laughs) and the very, very talented Sophie Woodley. And this episode we'll be discussing the amount of women involved in politics and just looking at that for this episode. So I'd like to welcome you guys. Hello. How are you guys doing? Good, excited. Thank you Good. for having her. <laughs> So I'm just going to start off just talking about the amount of women MPs. And at this general election, we have a record number of female MPs who are standing down because of misogyny. So, for example, Heidi Allen, the former MP for South Cambridgeshire, she said nobody in any job should have to put up with threats, aggressive emails, being shouted at in the street, sworn at on social media, nor have to install panic alarms at the home. And, of course, public scrutiny is to be expected in this job, but lines are all too often regularly crossed, and the effect is utterly dehumanising. Now, other female MPs, such as Jess Phillips, the MP for Birmingham Yardley, she's had loads of abuse. For example, the UKIP MEB candidate, Carl Benjamin, who has a pseudonym on YouTube of Sargon of Akkad, discussed sexually assaulting the politician in a video. Now, some female MPs are standing down, and some are campaigning to be re-elected. Now, what I wanted to discuss with you guys is, clearly, women involved in politics, whether politicians or journalists, there is danger and violence that coincides with the job. Now, you, as prospective journalists, and obviously women... How does that make you feel, knowing that is a part of the job that we'll be going into? Um, I think it's
1: amazing, really. And I also think that, just quickly, when you noted Jess Phillips there, yeah. I think that she is, she, for me, personally, I don't know about you guys, but she really stands out as someone that sort of knows her stuff. And I think she, especially on Twitter as well, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know too much about her personally, but I know that, sorry, this is kind of going into politicians, not really... But I think she, uh, yeah, just everything that she says on Twitter and everything that she kind of, she replies to tweets and she kind of puts things out there on her own accord as well. And I think that just kind of shows that she's really passionate about it. And I think it's so important for prominent people like her Mm -hmm. to do that because not only is she saying, look, I may be in this really authoritative position and be able to say all this, but she's also saying, hi, like this is what I stand for and I'm hoping to kind of inspire you too and i think that's that's amazing but yeah mm. in terms of journalists of course i think that's that's what everyone is current thing as well yeah isn't it like yeah. everyone's really kind of aiming to um sort of have that sort of way of thinking and have that ideology yeah. so yeah i think it's so important
0: does it upset you guys that seeing how women are treated in this type of job compared to men does that make you upset or angry seeing that just because they're a woman they're subject to that kind of abuse
2: yeah because it's kind of like it's really sad to think about it because it's kind of like the inevitable but like where all of us will leave here, we'll be talented, hopefully. We'll be good at what we do. And it's sad to know that probably online, if you were to voice opinions that men probably like do the same, it's you'd you'd get abuse for no reason. It happens to Laura Koonsberg Lowe's, doesn't it? She just gets all this unnecessary um stick. And the men, the like I think it was Nick Robinson actually, I was reading something, mm. things that he he says and does the same things, he doesn't even get half as much um criticism for it.
0: So Laura Koonsberg had a petition circulating with 35,000 supporters calling for her to be sacked because they say she's biased. <gasps> really? Um, I didn't know that. She's the first female political editor from the BBC and she had loads of sexist criticism and that's what for me stands out. That they're not just, oh, you're, you're Tory biased, you can't do your job, you're not, you're part of this BBC whole bias, we love the Tories thing. She gets called a whore and a bitch and those are very, very female-led insults. Yeah. Whereas Nick Robinson has been accused of the same thing as Laura Koonsberg but doesn't get slut Mm. And there's not that level of nastiness and misogyny to it.
2: Mm. It's sad
0: because it almost feels as if
2: people, like society, doesn't like women to be like hold roles at the top. Mm. People yeah. find it frightening. And, don't yeah, they? Yeah, 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 they are. Weirdly. I think people are genuinely intimidated. And I feel like when there is a woman that is successful, then she just gets a stick for it. I don't understand. Yeah. It's crazy. People yeah. don't, know
1: don't know how to deal, deal with it. it. Unless you are also a woman and you go, oh yeah, like go on, girl. Obviously, I think you have to be very careful when talking about this sort of thing because a lot of people would think well you know that's a massive generalization Mm -hmm. and and you know of course there are so many other people out there and men out there who of course respect the position of women if they if they are Mm. in you know an authoritative position I'm sure there are so many men in terms of like the member of the public and who work with Laura Kunzberg and who are in high editorial positions at like BBC or whatever that think that she's brilliant. It's, it's 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 always about kind of making that fine line, isn't it, between like general like that generalisation, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. but also it's so important to still talk about it. And I think that's why people get aggy about it sometimes because they yeah. think, oh, why well, you just you yeah. know you're putting us all into this one pool? And it's like, mm-hmm. well, no, it's just about kind of recognising. And
2: I think it's important to outline that most of the abuse does come from social media, doesn't it? Mm. And times have changed. Like people are just kind of like left to stew mm-hmm. behind their. Lives laptop or computer and they just say really negative things for no reason it's completely yeah. uncalled for but because it, everything's changed so much and technology is just the right, technology's risen so much over the past few years, people have don't want to say power but people have got more power to just say what they want to say behind a computer mm. screen, Definitely, yeah. that's so. the reality of it and a lot of this abuse seems to be following female journalists mm. female MPs into the real world as well yeah. we obviously saw the Joe Cox thing unfortunately and yeah. things like that so there is a very kind of toxic climate right
0: now. Yeah, because yeah. I mean Andrea Leadsom she came out and said women are being turned off of going into politics because of the abuse they face on social media mm. and she specifically blamed social media giants like Facebook and Twitter for failing to crack in on the issue. Now do you think that the blame lies with Facebook, Twitter, all these platforms for allowing people to say this or do you think that Facebook and Twitter just mirror what people are thinking in society do you think there needs to be more of a societal change of calling out, you know, sexist misogynists and even, you know, I know you said uh, Soph that female journalists and MPs group together calling it out but do you mm-hmm. think it needs to be a cross party thing and mm-hmm. maybe take it as seriously as racism do you think it has to be taken that more of a stance? I do
1: yeah mm-hmm. I think I mostly think that but <laughs> I also think that social media has such an important role to play in it because you know it's the classic oh someone's kicking off on Facebook or someone's kicking off on Twitter and then everyone else sees it and they think oh well I have the platform to do this so why am I not going to do it so, like and yeah. I may as well I'm going to join in and it is that weird encouragement that social media gives to people talking about something great and really exciting or whether it is talking about something Mm. like this and it's like it's almost kind of it encourages it and i think so i think yeah definitely these platforms do have a role to play but i think mostly of course it wouldn't be you know it wouldn't be an issue in the first place if there wasn't that if if there wasn't that um measure in in place for kind of it to be talked about and solved
2: Yeah. yeah i always feel like we always talk about social media as being such a negative Thing, but it's such a good tool. Like mm. we need it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And MPs need to use it, journalists need to use it. How else are you supposed to communicate with people and a wider audiences But I think it's more society that mm-hmm. has to change because Facebook and Twitter regulating that's so hard. It's so so hard for them to like start regulating. It has to be more change, it has to be changes that are deeper in society, like actually men- mentality changes because it's, it's a deeper problem. It's not social media. Social media is the platform that people that allows people to for it to like manifest. But the problem is is the people, not mm. the social media. So I don't think
0: anyway. um, are you guys aware of Leanne Wood, the AM4 under? Yes. Yeah. OK, so there's an example of her. Now, she told the Hay Festival that she's seen more and more misogyny than throughout her political life. She had backlash for calling out a troll on Twitter who she said was behaving in a misogynistic way, and she called him, a letter an asshole. Now, Leanne Wood was reprimanded for the tweet, but defended her actions, saying that her and women are regularly received trolling and abuse tweets on a daily basis. Now, because she was reprimanded by the Assembly and some of her colleagues in the Assembly, how do you think that kind of fits... Do you think that she was right to do that for calling out a misogynistic tweet? Or do you think politicians have to set an example? Because I think it's hard that she's calling out misogyny, yet she's being told off for doing it. mm, Do you think that's where the problem lies? I was going to say, it's a
2: personal (laughs) attack. I think it's hard, like, obviously they've received such large volumes of abuse. It's hard not to react. And I think it's silly to basically reprimand someone for for not, like, defending themselves. Mm. In the end of the day, they get such large volumes. And I think it's really silly, like, Mm. to, like, basically tell someone to be quite quiet for just sticking up for themselves
1: Mm. yeah i think um as well this whole thing about mps and politicians like you know setting an example obviously yes like it's important that they do but Mm -hmm. i think at the end of the day they are there to represent people right that's their main aim (laughs) and how can they present people and encourage people to do things if they're not going to be open and honest about it themselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Surely, as, as, you know, someone in society that looks up to a lot of people in, you know, higher positions, yeah. like, want to use one to a better term, like, I see, you know, you take inspiration from what people do and you mm-hmm. think, OK, they're doing it, mm-hmm. cool, I can do, I can follow their footsteps, you know, I can do the same. So maybe, you know, she did that and thought, OK, I'm doing this, that would have obviously been, like, quite a hard decision for her to make. And yeah. she would have thought, oh, maybe this is a bit far for me do as a politician but I'm sure so many people would have looked at that and thought yeah fair enough like fair on yeah. you for doing that yeah and she would have inspire people and about setting that example, you have to do in order to do that you have to be honest. You can't I don't think personally mm. for me, I don't think yeah. you can there's a line, of yeah. course, but
0: I don't think you can hold back. It's almost as if in society be here all the time or oh, we need all us politicians, we need honest politicians. And you get an honest pol- politician on Twitter's doing something and they get reprimanded. And for me, I mean I'm glad that the assembly took something like that and they had a discussion about it. However, it seemed to be singled out. Like in Parliament you have Boris Johnson calling Women in Burkers, letterboxes, mm. saying humbug about Joe Cox. Mm. You see those in Parliament and that doesn't get taken yeah, seriously. I was say, what's happened nothing happened when he said them yeah. there was
2: no
1: repercussions
2: mm. i was gonna ask actually if just say for instance if adam price had said the same thing do you re- do you th- really think that something
1: mm. would have happened? But also that makes you think is that something not only to do with gender but your position so no definitely you, know, you think like okay so not to sound weird but like a minor mp i don't, I don't really know like you know whatever mm. a minor MP mm. if they who was a man if they were to say something derogatory or whatever and yeah. if Boris was to say something what th- would the outcome be you know yeah. is is, Boris, is it different depending yeah, on, like their, like on their Trump position yeah Donald Trump and
2: Boris Johnson have mm. said a lot of things that have just been swept under the carpet yeah. Yeah. no one said anything like mm. they get called out on it but there's no action that gets taken not like Leanne Wood said one tiny
0: thing and the consequences were huge mm. well I mean so I'm going to read you some male to female race issues of party members. So Labour, 293,000 <laughs> men in the Labour Party, yeah. compared to 259,000 women. Okay. Right. In the Conservatives, we have 107,000 men, compared to 43,000 women. Wow, that's <gasps> a difference. The SNP, we have 67,000 men uh-huh. and 51,000 women. Liberal Democrats, we have 64,000 men, 38,000 women.
2: That's another shocking one.
0: The Greens, we have 25,000 men, 21,000 women, and UKIP, is 29,000 men and 10,000 women. Plaid were approached for numbers, but they never got back to me. But those numbers that I polled were from the ESRC Funded Party Members Project, run from Queen Mary University of London and Sussex University. Now, clearly there is a lack of female political engagement mm. and particularly in the Conservative Party where male membership is more than double the female membership. Now, do you think what we've been talking about, the society and the, the language that's used, do you think that's contributing to those numbers? I don't know to be honest. I think it's quite hard Question.
1: Because I think so much comes into it, and I think actually until very recently, I would have probably said no. I don't think it does contribute that much because I actually think that a lot of female politicians want to do it because they want yeah. to make a point and they yeah. want to say, look, you're going to say all this, but yeah. I want to, I want this career, I want to do what I believe in, yeah. and I'm going to try and take a stand and actually make a difference. But until very recently, obviously, the more and more you hear about it, the more and more yeah. you know, and we, the more and more we are exposed to what female politicians are. Exposed Experiencing, the more you think, well, surely it inevitably it is going to have an effect on numbers. I think it's very, I think it's very split, yeah. split
0: an annoying answer. Sorry. You know when you have Donald Trump saying "grab her by the pussy," I think it definitely sets that precedent of do women belong here? Like, I know you have, you've had, we've had female um, prime ministers and we have loads of female MPs. Yeah, but did you that?
2: see I'm sorry to interrupt. I said, it's did okay. you see how um, much stick um, Theresa May got compared to Boris Johnson? Yeah, it's just crazy. Yeah, they absolutely her. Yeah. They did. They did. They scrutinised every single thing that she did. I'll tell you
1: one thing that I found really interesting. When she made her final speech at yeah. Downing Street and and she cried oh, and she they made a big and, deal about and yeah a lot of a lot of media organisations made a big deal yeah. out of that. But hmm. at the time I and I don't know if that's me being naive and that's me just not opening my eyes to it. I didn't see that as as scrutiny. I didn't yeah. see it as something that as if they were like attacking her for it. And I didn't really see it in a misogynistic way until people started really speaking about it so i think actually like going back to like social media and stuff mm. i only you know it can open your eyes to what 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 people really are actually trying to do and yeah you know because i did I, I literally i didn't really see it that way until yeah. i saw it all on social media and people yeah. talking about it so i was
2: saying that in response to your question that you asked um Earlier. Um, so earlier i said that lsc did a report and yeah. they basically the first they wanted to see if if inspirational political females could get young like f- females to basically do politics. Yeah. And the first stage of, like, their investigation, Mm. they just did an online questionnaire and all the girls, compared to the boys, that they also did it, all reported, like, less political knowledge, less political awareness, etc. Then they got exposed to political um, females that were, like, quite um, high up in politics and they all spoke to them and they then did another questionnaire and the girl, it showed no difference. The girls still were like, no, like... we don't want to do politics yeah and they basically they concluded that even though they know that these women are successful they know that they could be successful and reach high places in that role they won't because of like underlying misogyny and things like that yeah they know what they're basically going to get into and for for a lot of girls it's not worth it and when you do think about it if you do for instance if you are a journalist and you do get but you kind of have to you already have to prep yourself for it yeah you know Mm. it's inevitable yeah like it's so sad to think that it's inevitable but it but it really is it's really sad do you think though that that's just
0: a classic woman's life like when you're younger yeah. you're, yeah, you're well, told yeah well we've
2: all grown up like that haven't yeah we? you're told oh
0: don't walk by, by, in yeah. the park by yourself oh there's nail polish out to check if your drink's been spiked and now okay, if you want to go down this path be prepared to be called a slut you know a whore yeah. a bitch but however I'm not negating so, that men don't get mm, they definitely harassment because well, yeah. they do they absolutely do but <laughs> the point I'm trying to make is that it's aimed at women yeah. and I think it's just another part of well if you want to do this as a woman just be prepared for this because yeah. this is going to happen because you are you are a woman
2: and i was going to say something i actually found something that's quite interesting because I read this article basically saying that media should take a blame for excluding women and apparently between December 2018 and March 2019, men dominated TV discussions, so in debates so 70, mm. I was actually so shocked by this so 71% of guests on the Andrew Marr Mar show were all male and 60% for Pestum. I didn't even notice that but when yeah. you actually see those figures, there's barely any like female representation but that and goes
0: back to that this was done by the Women's Inequality Committee in mm. the in the UK Parliament, the seventy percent of men are MPs. So I mean, in terms of like the amount of male to female MPs, that's probably reflective. But I think yeah. that just shows a whole bigger issue that women are fifty percent of the population, yet we're underrepresented. Underrepresented, and the, and the knock-on effect of this is that female voices just aren't heard They're not in bit, Parliament. No. And when the, this UK Parliament Women's Committee um, put proposals to the UK government saying like we need to address this, we need to get more representation, the government yep, bring them forward. Um, so they set six proposal six proposals to give Parliament more equal female representation. Such so some of these were such as fines imposed on parties with not enough women in the party. Mm-hmm. And the government turned around and said increasing representation is important, but legislation is not the answer. So how how do you guys how do you guys feel about that? Do you think that's the the right way to go? About about it, not having legislation. So, so just to
1: sum up, they're saying that they want to. One of the things that they would introduce is to put fines on parties. Did you say? Yeah.
0: So they're going to fine parties. Fine
1: parties if there isn't a equal representation of men to women. Yeah. Right. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I
2: think that's ridiculous. To be honest, I don't. I feel like it's unnecessary to go mm. to those levels because mm. it's 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 not a big ask. It's literally just with, with men and women to just have more women in parties. Encourage more girls to do politics instead yeah. of... And that's what I mean. You know when Boris Johnson got criticised for using... It wasn't really to do with this topic, but for using, like, misogynistic language and yeah. things like... and quite offensive language. If they change their mindset, if they change their outlook, if they change, especially the members of parliament, if they change what they were saying, then there's no need to have like fines and silly yeah. things like that. I think mm. I think that's basically like oh if you don't have a certain amount of women, then we're gonna put a fine on you. I think it's a bit forced.
0: I mean Sir Paul Beresford, um so he was speaking in the women's committee, he was saying that 30 years ago the hours having a family and security threat is a massive is is, is off putting for many women who want to get involved in politics so do you think that maybe it is time that we we implement legislation like this to ensure that women are being represented because i mean some would argue that 30 years ago okay we give them time but it's been a whole generation there's still this there's, there's still not there's it's still sca- not women well, and this is yeah,
1: exactly th- you know you can say as much as you like yeah that,
0: you know like get women involved women
1: involved blah blah blah, blah. and i yeah. you know i completely agree that like of course get as many women involved as possible but it's 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 interesting to think that you know you've got to try and new ways to try and do that and it sounds so and I agree it sounds ridiculous Mm. to have to put a fine on I mean you know you get fines for like parking in the wrong place and things like that shouldn't get a fine for having you know not having enough women and that just seems
2: it shouldn't even be a problem in the first place yeah yeah it should just
1: seem like an inevitable way of but that's wishful thinking I think we've all got to remember Mm. that us three are very sort of like pro-feminist and very (laughs) into this anyway yeah so of course we would think oh well you know that's a given of course yeah. but I think I think to be honest as well it is it is the nature of politics I think like looking at it from a young age like we were talking about earlier yeah. you know girls grow up and boys I, d- I mean I don't know what the statistics are and, and you know the researchers I not so it'll be really interesting to know why boys gravitate to it more I yeah. mean maybe it's a thing to do I, like I remember ages ago there was like research done about boys and like young men in like seminars and lectures and stuff at school or uni or whatever yeah it was a kind of saying how they're really prominent and always really like to talk and like girls feel like they can't really yeah. you know or yeah. feel as if they're spoken over and I think that's like politics that yeah. is politics in a nutshell to it me start, really. Yeah, it
2: starts from very very early on. It's like when they say oh maths and science are more boys subjects and yeah. mm. English literature and language and things like that more girls subjects. It's mm. just the way that unfortunately let me add mm-hmm. um, society's like constructed things and politics falls in that bracket as well so
0: what do you guys think is how we can i know it's such a big range topic but what we're taken away from this podcast what do you think can be done to really really change this so the next generation of mps are 50 percent men and are 50 women without imposing fines without forcing people to do it how do we actually say to a, a young girl do you know what one day you could be prime minister without being told about your legs rather than your policies mm-hmm. i oh. You go, you go, sir.
2: (laughs) I was going to say, this is quite controversial, but my view on it is to have, especially MPs, journalists, to get more younger people. Yeah. So, like, right now, kind of get
0: rid of the old people.
2: I can't say that. Not now, but, I mean... just introduce more younger mps in their early 20s i feel like i don't i don't want to say they're more forward thinking but we've we've grown up in a different era we've grown up in a different society we are a bit more open thinking open-minded and forward thinking compared to like yeah etonians and um older generation and i'm not saying anything because it's understandable they grew up in a different era there was different views and politics back then and they've just become entrenched. But right now, I feel like if younger people did go into media and politics, mm-hmm. then the the whole systems would change from, like... The, the bottom up
1: yeah mm. i was gonna Would say you? i think i think it has to start yeah. from the bottom yeah. um and work your way up from there but i also yeah. think that you know being brutal about it politics and that sort of industry and whether you even study that subject at school i didn't study that yeah. subject at school it wasn't an a level yeah you know to be honest it's quite a privileged thing to study you hear about mm. a lot of people in private schools studying politics yeah. you come you come away and you meet loads of people who know a lot about it yeah because it is generally a very upper middle class upper class thing mm. to know about really mm. because it's and I, and I I don't know why but kind of anyway that's how I see it I mean yeah, I don't no really I agree with that um, so do you so think then we
0: should be putting politics in the curriculum from a young age or even, even I yeah, mean or not just yeah. saying this is what a prime minister does yeah. this is what your MP does yeah. and as it progresses make it part of your GCSE so you just know how your basic mm, structure yeah. works or not even that making it fun if there's yeah. such a thing <laughs> making
1: it you know like accessible it's about being accessible and not this oh god like I don't really know much about it and you know it's, it seems really kind of like intangible for me it needs to be something that people can like engage with because then maybe more girls would be like yeah okay this isn't something that the boys are gonna go into yeah. you know this mm. is something that I'm interested in as well yeah. you know
2: you'll get more girls on and if you look like on a wider scale people may if you did start teaching politics from like having in like implementing it in I don't know um history or something like that yeah then people would also make more informed decisions decisions yeah when voting because mm. they, they'd know more people would be more interested people will engage in what's actually going on yeah and that's the way like as a society will we can all mm. move forward together mm. rather than like certain brackets and um,
0: being left out i mean that's interesting you said that because there was um for life of me i can't remember the country but there's a country in south america where they mm. have a lot of uh, female mps and stuff like health in the environment which arguably a lot of people think are much more important than others other topics mm. they have a, a higher priority in the government and do you think then if you had higher representation then maybe more important issues to some would yeah be of in course, the government.
2: Like, just diversity in general whether it's gender or ethnicity etc you come in with different perspectives yeah we've obviously we can all relate because we're girls we've all been through similar things yeah that if like that guys just haven't been through or they they can not really comment on and as with guys there's a lot of things that they go through that we don't really understand or we can't comment on so when you do go into like a newsroom or you do go into like um politics or whatnot um you go in with different angles and it's nice to have that because there's a diversity there's a different way of thinking all in all you're more productive like as a team you become more productive whether it's yeah. politics or in the newsroom because you come in with different angles
0: amazing <laughs> so we're all in agreement that teach yeah. politics and that's the way forward to educate young girls did you guys get taught politics
2: at school no no we didn't either and Mm. it's really bizarre because i've never actually thought about that and then now when you when like i come to think it's such a big part of society it's such a big part of all of our lives it's strange and yeah. they've not implemented it yet.
0: Yeah, even stuff, like little stuff like, you know, finance or, yeah. you you know, you come out of sixth form, you take out a massive student loan, you're expected to vote, you don't know who to vote for because you've never been taught it. Mm. So you have to rely on your parents and then, mm. obviously that's fine to ask your parents but they might not know depending if they take an interest or mm. not. So it's a bit of a, a mm. lottery. And also, just a quick side note, we're, it's, it's such a big part of our lives
1: because A, we're over 18 yeah. and we can vote and B, I mean, journalists. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Kind of got to know about it when I was like, you know, a few years ago. Yeah. No idea. Just, yeah. yeah. Still, to be honest, no idea. <laughs> yeah. But no, like it's you know, it's, yeah, but it would maybe you would have been a you are doing. Been,
2: But this is what I mean.
1: Yeah. I They
2: never. But maybe if we did get taught at school, you would have found this amazing passion for it. Maybe there would be more women up mm, there. Maybe. maybe we would be doing politics and maybe.
0: maybe. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, because politics is everything. It's not just you know, oh, the big B word Brexit. It's, oh, why why is that milk price gone up? Yeah. No. It's it's, it's, it's little such a bit problem. Yeah. But yeah, well, thank you for listening to the very oh, first so um, episode of Girly Swats. Thank you for Sophie and Seda for joining me. And please hashtag Girly Swats. Thank you for listening. Hey. <laughs>